Hello, and welcome to Leading Inspired Learning, a Strive podcast. Today, we welcome Cheryl Third to the podcast. Uh, Cheryl is a coordinator and professor at Fanshawe College. She coordinates the Fast Track program, the online program, as well as the CDP or EC apprenticeship program. Welcome, Cheryl. Awesome. I've been wanting to do a podcast since, you know, pandemic because podcasts have flourished. So I'm happy to be here and happy to be a guinea pig and... You we'll were, see where it goes. Yeah, you were definitely a huge um, propeller in our our motion to get this podcast going. You have a very loud voice around our professional learning committee table, championing this idea of uh, bringing professional learning to the community in this in this capacity. Right, and I think it's mostly because we are sitting around those tables having these conversations yeah. constantly, and I feel like. It's a gift. Oh, so much. And we get to talk about all kinds of things. And and I know we've talked about this at many of our tables. I wish other people, you know, that don't have the luxury and the privilege of, you know, having time in the day mm-hmm. to have these conversations mm-hmm. at the table that they could also benefit from it. So I think that's what the podcast is going to bring to exactly. our community. Yeah. It's just inviting the community around our tables. And listening to our conversations. Yeah. And they're sometimes really great. And they're sometimes squirrel moments. A lot of squirrels. <laughs> yeah. And that's okay too. And I think, you know, as a, a community coming out of the pandemic, I think most of us are going to admit that we're not the same folks um, coming out of changed the pandemic. We, we've changed. And so for me, it's about finding little nuggets, little moments of time where we can reflect on why we're in this field and mm-hmm. why we're doing what we're doing. Uh, you know, I think sometimes we can forget the why because yeah. we got bogged down with a lot of the policies, procedures, which of course were Cleaning necessary. protocols, all yeah, of it. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, emergency childcare and then yeah. the whole advocacy bit um, is necessary, but it can be emotionally draining. Overwhelming. Overwhelming. And I think feeling like, is this... Um, what I want to be doing mm-hmm. and you know we're in a time where there's a shortage of early child educators Absolutely. and so we want people to feel like they've made a good choice this is a, a great profession there's lots of opportunities and I think if we can find those little moments of why mm-hmm. I think that's what we're hoping to do yeah I, I often say that some days I feel like I'm climbing the mountain I've got the next handhold the next foothold I don't actually rock climb because who does that that's no. wild no But in my metaphor, I feel like some days I'm like, okay, we're getting this. We're getting somewhere as a profession, as a whole. We're moving forward. We're climbing that mountain. And then other days, it's almost like I step back and can see how much more we have to go. And I can't see that next handhole or foothole. And it's looking for those inspiration, that motivation, that why do I keep doing this? Sometimes it feels like, you know, we keep falling, we keep slipping, we're not getting anywhere. Exactly. And I use the hamster wheel. And I often refer to roller coasters, because Mm -hmm. most of us can, um, we can imagine a roller coaster. More than a a mountain climbing? Yeah, probably. (laughs) We can imagine a roller coaster. And we're going up that hill. um, And we're, you know, sometimes it's very uh, short uh, up. And then we just keep going mm-hmm. down that we and <laughs> and for some of us that's fun but for most of us it's, it's been scary it's, it's scary. been it's been draining and you know I've been in the field for you know decades now and I know there's a, a, a large contingency of folks who are at my place in their career uh, and wondering how how long we're going to stay and so I think 
what I constantly think about is what can I give to our community in small um, nuggets because I know also a lot of what's happening is and this has been happening for decades Mm -hmm. you know this idea of learning new skills always um, having to change pivot you know which I've learned (laughs) the big word of the pandemic and a lot of us don't like that word anymore (laughs) because we used it during the pandemic but wanting to really uh, figure out how to get back that passion that we have and you know those of us who've stayed in the field even 10 years there's a reason we're here yeah and so I think what I'm hoping in having this conversation with you Ali is that we can find ways to just take small moments to remember that curiosity that Mm -hmm. wonder that awe and we're so lucky because we work with young children and they have that wonder curiosity and awe naturally yeah and so all we have to do is hone in on it and stay in the moments ourselves mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right well and I think not just for educators that who have been in the field for five ten plus years you see it as you know in working for Fanshawe as a coordinator with our pre-service ECEs some of them are entering the program and not necessarily entering the field at right and choosing this as a career so it's not just re-motivating those of us who have been around, but motivating those newcomers to the sector and motivating them and encouraging them to see those moments of wonder and awe to stay in this profession. That's right. And and that we can, you know, worry about all of the other things that are required of us, but that if we can stay in those moments with young children, mm-hmm. and you know, I've been motivated by this for a number of years and, and revisited this idea of a sense of wonder out of a, a book um, mm-hmm. by um, originally in 1956, <laughs> um, Rachel Carson wrote a book on the sense of wonder for, mm-hmm. for parents and children. And I, that always stops me in my tracks because this is not new, this mm-hmm. idea of staying in the moment. Being curious. Being curious, mm-hmm. um, getting outside when we're stressed. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know the rise in mental health. Um, and then uh, Louis uh, Schwartzberger, he had a TED talk that's over ten, 10 years old now on gratitude. And I've used that in professional learning and in teaching because what it reminds us of is that we don't have to work hard to have those moments. Yeah. You know, happen. it happens. He talks about reflecting back at a time when you were curious. Well, we're curious every day yeah. if we hone in on those little ones and what they're curious about. Right. And we're in the moment with them. Yeah. He talks about, you know, when was a time where you had that moment of awe and you went, wow, um, we have those almost every day with mm-hmm. young children, too. So I find it fascinating when I revisit this concept of a sense of wonder is that it's not a big stretch for us to be intentional, right? Right. Mm-hmm. To find ways where we can have those conversations in the staff room with our peers, with our colleagues about why we do what we do. Where's the wonder? Where's the curiosity? How do I get back to feeling that? Mm-hmm. I'm not immune as n- none of us yeah. have been of mm-hmm. what's happened through the pandemic, right? Yeah. Um, it's hard. It's hard. and. You know, I think we haven't really seen the fallout yet. And I think part of that is us just being able to recognize that it's been hard and I've got to be intentional and I've got to really look for ways to feed my own soul and Mm -hmm. passion Mm -hmm. 
you know and so a lot of this sense of wonder we talk about meditation curiosity right getting outside in nature mm-hmm. you know rachel's whole book it's a which beautiful is, book too, yeah by the way so we are going to have copies in the resource center available yeah. for folks to borrow yes after listening to this podcast it's a quick read and very it's quick and it just with beautiful images too yeah and this this book just reminds us of how easy it is to flip the switch right because that's what we're really talking about right like when we get into work none of us wake up saying I'm going to be grumpy today. <laughs> this isn't going to be a good day. But sometimes there's things in our, our lives in post-pandemic or through the pandemic where things have been tough. And we have to figure out sort of small little ways where we can remind ourselves that we don't have to go take a course right? Right to learn a new skill. We just have to hone in on what's that. available to us. Exactly the nature like we're mm-hmm. it's it's february but it's spring right? yeah it and you can feel it in everybody's um attitude so we're going to have this feeling again in march and mm-hmm. in april and may and i think it's a perfect time to sort of consider that you know um my passion on reflective practice yes. and being a reflective yes. practitioner and all of this feeds into this as well mm-hmm. right because it's it's asking us to consider to think to wonder to reflect on the things that bring us joy mm-hmm. again. Well, and I think too, it is truly an act of mindfulness, which doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, a meditative practice. Mindfulness is simply being aware of the moment you are in. And if we can do that more and more with children, yeah. how incredible would that be, not only for us yeah. as the educators, but for the children too? Yeah. When we look at, you know, this expectation that we're outside with children every day. Well, we have Uh, to be, right? Exactly. It's easy to get grumpy and cold and wet. Yes. (laughs) But it's also easy to see what they're seeing in terms of, you know, the mud and the new growth that's starting. I mean, in my backyard today is new growth and it's February February 13th, you know. And so we can talk about that. When I read over Rachel Carson's book, it's the whole book starts when she's with her nephew, her, her nephew mm-hmm. and he's having a rough time yeah. and she just takes him down to the water yeah. and there's the stones and the, the lake and the sounds and all of the things in nature. Uh, so I think sometimes when we're thinking about, you know, challenging behavior, mental health, we think it has to be big, big a big program, a big set of skills we yeah. need. I often think about the time I was in um, Reggio Emilia, Italy Mm -hmm. in 2015, and we went to an infant center. And we that was the beauty of that um, study tour is we got to visit actual centers where when children were there, which was um, lovely because, you know, it's it's an intrusion, obviously. But we heard the story of this particular spring. They had had snow. In, in and they don't have snow yeah. in um, Reggio Emilia very often, not regular like us. And many of the trees had lost branches. Instead of just cleaning up the yard, they started talking about how the trees might feel that they've mm. lost a branch mm. and, you know, how it happened and what it feels like to lose a branch. And before they knew it, over a period of time, the children had made gifts for the oh. trees 
to make them feel better and then they hung them on the trees oh. and so when we arrived there were things still hanging Beautiful. from the trees and so you know we think about social emotional literacy mm -hmm. um, that's all around us absolutely right and it, it's that curiosity that if we can just tap into a tenth of that curiosity that children oh, have we can recapture that passion and joy and I think that's what I'm hoping, focusing on some of these materials. Um, Louis just put out a full length video. I rewatched it last night again, yeah. um, just for inspiration. And it's, it's about an hour and 20 minutes. The whole time I watch it, I think we're so lucky with our career focused around children because mm -hmm. we don't have to work hard to have those moments, to have those moments to see wonder, to see awe, to see connections, mm -hmm. to all of those things. And so I truly feel grateful, which yeah. is what we're hoping to accomplish in, in revisiting some of these things, is feeling grateful that we are in this time and in this moment because the whole world's been going through this. Mm -hmm. So I think it's also a reminder that we're all experiencing some form of de-equilibrium, you know, <laughs> where we're a little off balance, yeah. right? And we're, we're not, sometimes we don't feel as as confident right mm -hmm. and and I think you were saying this as confident in what I'm doing or yep. why I'm I'm doing, doing these things and you know even when I came in uh, today I thought well you know I'm just gonna s sit down and chat, chat because I think that's the luxury that we all need is mm -hmm. just to have these conversations you know it's interesting because we're working um, through the licensed child care network we're working on a recruitment campaign right and when you're doing that, you're realizing there are a lot of obstacles. There are a lot of reasons why people shouldn't choose a career in early childhood education. Mm -hmm. Elephant in the room, the pay sucks. Mm -hmm. We know that. We're fighting for that. We're advocating for that. That's not just it. There is licensing. There's health unit. There's cleaning. There's a lot of weight on these educators' shoulders. Mm -hmm. And yet we still have such incredible educators in this community here yes. in London, Middlesex, and we Elgin. Do. We're so, so lucky. And these people are doing it not because there isn't external factors, no. as many external factors validating this career choice. It has to be internal. Right. It has to be from a place of passion, yes. of dedication, of genuine curiosity about children, love and care for yeah. children. Exactly. And that's a unique, special, special person. Yeah. And, and, you know, we can get off the tracks. And, oh, for sure. You know, it's easy I, to get bogged down. Yeah. And, and I think we have been bogged down. I mm -hmm. think pre-pandemic, we were bogged down. Yeah, And agree. the pandemic just sort of highlighted uh, for us this perfect storm of not having enough people staying in the field, mm -hmm. the, the pay scale. Mm -hmm. You know, then we have the Canada-wide program. So there's a lot of pressures. And so I think if we can while we're trying to do that advocacy work mm -hmm. over here, mm -hmm. right? Which has to happen. Oh yeah, um, and it's happening. Yeah, and it's happening strong. And mm -hmm. you know, like I said, I've been in this profession four decades now and advocacy has always been happening, but this is advocacy that I haven't seen before. You know, everyone is talking about yeah. childcare. And that pandemic did that for us. Yes, it, it really did. demonstrated to the larger community that it is essential for the economy to continue and sustain and evolve, childcare is essential. It is essential. And so if we can really uh, get the folks that are making those decisions about how we remunerate, mm -hmm. how we appreciate, and how we need early childhood care and education, mm -hmm. 
in order for a good economy, yeah. right? Yeah. And for us to bounce back. But I wanted to go back to, and, and I wrote something in yeah. my, my book. You said appreciation. We've always talked about appreciation yeah, in this have. field. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, we sort of stopped sort of formal appreciation events. And then as we've evolved, we started to look intentionally because I think what you, what you said is that there are so many people doing so many wonderful things, things, incredible things in our community. Mm-hmm. And we want to appreciate it. Yeah. But um, Louis he defines a difference between appreciation and gratitude and and I I wrote it down because it struck me and he said appreciation is what we feel in a moment okay and gratitude is what we remember and what opens our hearts oh I like that and so when he said that I thought you know that's so true you know we want to appreciate ourselves and our profession and what we're doing in that moment but the gratitude is it's going to sustain us it's what's going to sustain us what opens our hearts and I've always believed that we have to be able to feel, mm-hmm. right, all the moments that we have. So that means that sometimes we're not really happy, yep. and sometimes we are. And so when we're opening our hearts, and I think this is the part that people sometimes get afraid of, is that we have to have all the feelings, right? Yeah. We have to have all the feelings. Yeah. And so I would like us, we've had all the feelings and mm-hmm. we're having all the feelings. And I think we're working in a time where we're acknowledging all the feelings. Yes. Right? As as adults. Yep. Right? We, we always have with children. As adults, we're acknowledging the feelings. We're acknowledging the mental health struggles. Yep. In our wider community. So that means it also affects our community. Yep. And so to acknowledge that, we have to also acknowledge that we have all the feels. And so can we focus on those genuine moments of wonder mm-hmm. and of awe and of of staying in the moment with the child? Because I think it's, even when we talk about pedagogical documentation mm-hmm. and all the requirements that we have, we sometimes even lose sight of that, right? We view these as bigger things than they have to be they are happening in everyday moments and it's just a matter of documenting that in some capacity and there you go there's pedagogical documentation yes yeah it can be simple but we tend to overthink yes yeah and you know we always hear those yes buts well i've got to oh you know there's this requirement to do this and this and i think if we can just and when i say just i i don't mean to minimize because it is challenging for sure every day with all of the elements that we've had to deal with over the last three years. But if we could just really minimize the noise mm. and stay in that moment. And you were asking me about whether I should wear the headphones or yeah. not, right? Yeah. And I think for me, it's helping me stay focused. Minimize the noise. Minimize the noise, right? As early child educators, I mean, like you said, we don't stay in this field for the external factors, yeah. right? And if we do, if we're in that for those reasons, then we might be struggling, yeah. right? And so it's really trying to turn the intention inward. It's moments. It's a minute. Yeah. It's not a big hour-long mm-hmm. professional learning. And not that there's anything wrong with professional yeah, learning. Too. <laughs> but it's it's that trying to see that it doesn't have to take a lot of energy mm-hmm. to flip the switch. Yeah. Right? So gratitude, do you practice like a regular gratitude journal or how do you how do you practice gratitude? I try to write in a journal as soon as I wake up in the okay. morning. So I get my coffee yeah. and of course I don't do it every day. No. And I think that's the thing that stops us from doing anything is we think, oh, well, I'll do it for five days and then I won't do it. 
I think you can practice gratitude on the way home from work, yep. on the way into work on Monday, on the way home from work on Friday, before mm-hmm. we go to bed. Mm-hmm. Just taking that one minute to say I'm what I'm grateful for. Yeah. It doesn't have to be writing. It can just be okay. a moment. Because I know um, gratitude journals are a big thing. Yeah, and, and, and I, I've, got, I've got them, you know. Yep. Um, I have all <laughs> kinds of journals. That sometimes helps us focus, right? Like it gets us... Eliminate st- the noise. Yeah, it okay. gets us yeah. started, all right? right? Yep. Because I think often what we need is to feel, you know, a lot of people call it a habit. I try to stay away from the word habit because I want it to be an intentional practice. But sometimes you have to do something over a period of time to make it intentional. Right. So, you know, maybe it's every staff meeting starting off the meeting with some form of wonder and awe, reflection or gratitude or, you know, think of a connection you made this week, think about something you're curious about. You know, it's those kinds of things. So it's whatever works for the individual. The idea is that if we do something for a period of time, let's say 21 days creates a habit, right? Right. Right? Mm -hmm. So if you make a habit of writing for 21 days, then the hope is that that switch is flipped on and you will notice things Mm -hmm. and gratitude more often it could be done with children too especially older preschoolers of course like when you come in from outside what was one thing that you saw that made you happy that you wanted to play with the beauty of working with children is that everything that we feel is important for children is Mm -hmm. also important for us and I I do know for me because I live alone and um, in the pandemic I spent a lot of time alone when I have my grandchildren I can then focus on their curiosity and it's in those moments and so that's what makes me think we could do it in childcare because you're with the children eight hours a day and so rather than seeing it eight hours a day seeing it as opportunity for me to be intentional about my practice Mm -hmm. of gratitude we don't have to look far. Yeah. And this is the observation, the pedagogical documentation. Sure. I think this sense of wonder and awe crosses many parts of our responsibilities. Yeah. Right? It, it's also self-care. Self-care is a big buzzword. How yeah. do we take care of ourselves? Yeah. You know, not just for our mental health, but our just general well-being. Yeah. These moments of engaging in awe and wonder is self-care. Yeah. It sounds too simple. Right. But go, too easy to be true. Yeah. But go outside for literally a minute and look at the sky mm-hmm. or focus on a plant or go and see if there's something green popping through your grass and really pay attention to it for a minute, mm-hmm. 30 seconds. Yeah. You know, it's that meditative moment of yeah, noticing yeah. every single thing. You know, those when babies start to crawl on the carpet oh, and yeah. they find every single crumb like yeah yeah, like the littlest thing yeah and 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 so he'll he'll put his finger out to me and say uck mama yeah yeah okay thank you there's one fluff on the carpet you got it bud yeah (laughs) and so like honing in on that moment you know they're noticing everything and we as adults it's easy to brush off those moments yeah and think, oh, well, yeah, yeah, it's nice to be able to notice those things, you know, <laughs> la, la, la. Uh, but I've got too many things to yeah. do, right? But it's saying this is worth my effort right. because it's going to make my day more mm-hmm. manageable. It's going to make my time with the children mm-hmm. more joyful. 
What I want people to hear today is that this is not an expensive training program that we have to commit time to. It's just looking inward and reminding ourselves of the the reason we came into the field in the first place Mm -hmm. and taking moments, even if it's one moment at a time. Even if you're only thinking about gratitude when someone asks you to think about it, it's a moment. It doesn't have to be arduous and another thing that someone has asked us to do. Mm-hmm. And I think as we enter into spring, it's it's sort of a natural time, you know, it when is. we it's think a, of... It's a renewing, it's a yeah, refreshing. Yeah. yeah, and you know, I often think of um, Hopi Martin, his seasonal pedagogy. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a website and he did his master's on that topic. That whole seasonal pedagogy is noticing the seasons and the things that happen, the moon, the sun, the growth, the earth, and what happens as we, you know, we live in Canada, we get to experience the four four seasons, right? And what happens to us in those four seasons? What are animals doing? Mm -hmm. What are the plants doing? And when we pay attention to things outside of ourselves, it helps us get out of that mindset of feeling overwhelmed or feeling sorry or feeling not uh, fully engaged in our work. So Mm -hmm. when we think of things outside of ourselves, even for a moment, Mm -hmm. it helps us to get a little bit of a perspective. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. So, Cheryl. Yes. What are three things you're grateful for? Three things I'm grateful for. I'm grateful, and I write this down a lot. I'm grateful for my home. I'm grateful that I have a space where my grandchildren can Mm -hmm. come and be in nature. They live in an apartment. Mm -hmm. And so I'm grateful for my granddaughter who I never held a snail (laughs) in my life. And she loves, loves to the point of loving. And she can hold a snail and his body will come out and she'll pull on the body. And I've got beautiful snail photos. So I'm grateful that I have those moments where Mm -hmm. I too can focus on what really matters. You know, because I'm not immune to feeling anxious and depressed and it's it's been a long three years and I'm a caregiver myself Mm -hmm. for a sibling and mother and I'm in that age group where there's a lot of demands on me. So I'm grateful for that. So that's the second thing. And I'm also so, so grateful for the professional circles that I'm Mm -hmm. in. You know, I've been blessed over my career to be around multiple tables and seeing multiple perspectives Mm -hmm. and and really appreciating that and I remember once when my children were quite young and attending parenting session at a church and they said that your children need three groups of people in their lives so that when they get to that point where they have to make decisions they can say, oh, I can't do that with you because I've got my friends over here, whether it's a sports friend, a church friend, or a school friend. And I think as professionals, we also need more than one group of people we tap into, right? To give Mm -hmm. us, because in our center, we might all be going through a similar stress. So, you know, where are the places we can go to feel that energy again? And I think in London, I'm grateful for for Strive. Yeah. I mean, I've been at this table long before it was Strive. Absolutely. You have. And we're so, so, so fortunate yeah. to have the support of our city, to have Strive. And uh, it's those things that I'm grateful for, because if it weren't for those opportunities, you know, I too could become stagnant and forget mm-hmm. my joy and passion. And, and it's around those tables that I uh, remind myself of why I'm, 
I'm yeah. still here. You know, I'm pretty close to 60. I'm going to be 59 this year. And so I've been doing this a long time, yeah. right? Yeah. And so I'm grateful for the people that keep me thinking about the reason why I'm here. And mm-hmm. I've often said for decades, why am I doing what I'm doing? If you can answer that question, why am I doing what I'm yeah. doing? I'm doing it because I am truly enjoy the professional friendships and relationships Mm -hmm. I have. I truly enjoy the opportunity to be intentional with my practice. The other thing is that we have grown into this idea that our work is not separate. You know, when I started in the 80s, work was one thing, home was another thing. Right. And we've grown into this culture Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. we are human beings, that Everything comes with us wherever we go. When I first started, I was always afraid to tap into that, Mm -hmm. right? That who I really am. But I recognize over time that I'm who I am for so many reasons, family reasons, you know, having a sibling with Down syndrome, Mm -hmm. um, all of the things in my life influence who I am as an educator and and it, it can be shared. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think when you were talking about uh, multiple perspectives, it's something we wrestle with often around our professional learning committee table. You know, there have been years uh, in the past where we've done assigned seating at Winter Rethink, and oh my, yes, you would have thought that the world was collapsing. Mm-hmm. But the reasons we do that, or we did that in, in those circumstances, was because it is easy to get wrapped up in your center or your organization. And more often than not, like-minded people will work for similar organizations but there's so much to be learned from other professionals in our community and it's why we highlight educator stories every year at winter rethink it's why we encourage you to step outside your comfort zone and sit with someone maybe don't know or from an organization that you maybe haven't worked with before because the idea of having multiple perspectives changes your practice. Right. It opens you up to the idea that there is not one right way. There's not one nope. right way to engage in care with children. No. There is never one single, this is how you do it, check that box. Right. It's so complex. It's so community driven. Yes. And I think it's easy to lose sight on that. Yeah. And one of the things I noticed and why I'm drawn to Gratitude Revealed Mm -hmm. and Louis Swartberger's work is because he talks about the science behind someone who's grateful, someone Mm -hmm. who's curious. Mm -hmm. And if you're curious, you're not going to stay with the same people, Right. right? And so when we look at the tenets of gratitude, it's about connection, it's about curiosity, it's about wonder, it's about awe, it's about resilience. And so if we can convince people to the benefit you know, of that. Yeah, yeah. And, and I often talk about this when I talk about, um, obviously, early child education and Alev Vygotsky talks about that mm-hmm. zone of proximal development, yep. right? And I say to students, if you are always comfortable and if you always know exactly what I'm saying and you're never confused, then I'm probably not doing something right. Right. Because I need you to be confused as well as me. And mm-hmm. that in that confusion, we're questioning things, That's right? right? Yep. We're questioning. And to get past that zone of proximal development, we need support. That's right. Right? And what is that support? That support might be a mentor. Mm-hmm. It might be a colleague. It might be a professional learning session. It might be listening to a podcast to be. sort of just take you outside of that comfort zone and yeah. say, okay, I'm going to try that at Winter Rethink. I'm going to purposely go and sit with a group of people I don't, I don't normally yeah. sit with yeah. and I don't know because that's that curiosity, right? It that's is. that making connections. But also sometimes when we're struggling, we don't have the capacity, right. right? And so yeah. 
But then what is the support to do that? And the support is no one is going to judge you at that table. Oh, no. Right? You're in a safe place. Yeah. yeah and creating that environment mm-hmm. where we feel, feel safe. So. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to play a quick game. Okay. Think of the first thing that comes to the top of your mind. Your favorite children's book. I can't think of the name with the bear and the strawberry. The bear and the strawberry. Is that what it's called? I don't know. What, what is the, it? It's the bear and the strawberry. And he, he's, oh Do gosh. I need to Google it? Yes. Okay. It's the bear and the strawberry. Let's see what comes up when we Google it. The bear and the strawberry. The bear and the strawberry tree? No. And the other <laughs> one is... The other one is... Um, the little mouse with the ripe... Strawberry. Red, ripe strawberry and the big hungry bear? Yes. That one? The little mouse. Yeah. Okay. The little mouse, the red, ripe strawberry, and the big hungry bear. I don't think I've read that one. Yeah. It's it's a wonderful book. Okay. And I had the huge version of it. And oh, there's yeah. just something about it, you know, because there's the little mouse and the strawberry. And um, there's lots of different elements you can focus on. So that's one of my favorites. I'm going to add it to my list for Mac. Okay. <laughs> okay. Your favorite age group of children to work with? I always thought it was preschoolers, but I know for sure it's the the toddler age. Toddlers. I love, love, love. Right now, you know, with my granddaughter, daughter who's 20, 20 months. Yes. It's like, I just can't get enough. Yeah. And if someone said you needed to go back to work in childcare, it would be infants or toddlers. Okay. Because I'm just that, you know, and I never thought about it much, but I have friends who say, you know, you are an infant person. Yeah. And I I, I just thought, oh, of course, everyone loves babies. But right. that's not true. No. No. So and I'm an infant toddler. Toddlers. Yeah. I'm I a, love my toddler. Yeah. But don't put me in a toddler room. Oh, I love. I just, everything <laughs> is so new. They're in that curiosity, oh, I, oh, they are. wonder, and awe. It's chaos. I know. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Okay. Favorite professional learning you've attended? Well, over the last year... I spent once a month with a group of uh, professionals on Zoom um, across the province. Um, Diane Cashin organized mm-hmm, a group mm-hmm. of um, professionals and, and hope he attended majority of the sessions. And, you know, if someone said to me 10 years ago, what was your favorite professional learning? I wouldn't have called it professional learning because, again, mm. It's community of practice. It's a community of practice. It's, you know, there was never an agenda. It was a group of professionals talking about, you know, there was sometimes um, provocations or a question. But I always felt heard, Mm -hmm. seen. Mm -hmm. I could trust that whatever I said was within that room. And Mm -hmm. so I do think this idea of professional learning has Mm shifted. And even, you know, this idea of just listening to a podcast. It's professional learning. It's professional learning because you're you're considering multiple perspectives. You know, you don't have to take notes. You know, one of the things Hopi made me do now is um, he talked about, you know, how note taking can sometimes take you away from Mm. being in that moment. And so I used to take notes during those communities of practice. And then I stopped because part of learning is just taking in what you're meant to take in yeah and we've been taught in our traditional learning system education system that there's something for me to learn there's a right and wrong thing for me to learn and I should have it written down yeah even though I'll never go back to that paper no right and so I've tried really hard now to be in the moment Mm. of learning yeah 
right? And does that mean I'm never going to take a note? No, because I, you know, I'll write down a, a saying or a quote that I want to come back to. Yeah. But I think my idea of professional learning has definitely okay. shifted mm-hmm. over the last uh, several years, and certainly through the pandemic. Did I ever think mm-hmm. professional learning on Zoom? Here we are. Would be. Um, I know. And I have had some of my best, as a facilitator, some of my best sessions, interactive sessions yeah. on Zoom. Well, and your program through Franchise is all online programs yes. now, too. So yeah. you've really leaned into right. how professional learning and early childhood education learning happens yeah. on a digital platform. Yeah, and it can. Obviously, we have placements and yes, all yes, of yes. those things, right? Which, you know, we would never take away from it. But yeah, we've shifted our way of thinking mm-hmm. around professional learning. And, and I hope that that helps people around the continuous professional learning that's expected of us, because yeah. I know it's caused people a lot of stress. Yes. And it doesn't need to. It doesn't need to. Yeah. Again, it's one of those things that we blow it out of proportion pretty yeah. easily. Yeah. It's easy to get overwhelmed by it, but it is quite yeah. simple. I'm glad the rapid fires are going rapidly. Yeah, really rapidly. Okay. Okay, this is an easy one. Favorite ice cream flavor? There's two. Okay. Tiger Tail and Mint Chocolate Chip. Oh, Mint Chocolate Chip. There's, see, there's yeah. not many of us, but I'm mint with Mint Chocolate Chip and Tiger Tail. I love Mint Chocolate Chip. Yeah, and Tiger Tail because it's not very common. Yeah. And we can't forget the candy cane Oh, ice cream that just happened. The PC happened. one? The PC mm. one. You know, I With the ha- crackle? Yeah, I have to admit I ate a couple cartons of those over Same. the holiday season. Yeah. And I live alone, so. Same. Okay. Well, I don't live alone, but I ate a couple cartons <laughs> myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and your favorite podcast? I mean, other than this one. Well, this is going to be your new favorite. This is going to be my new favorite, and I have a number of uh, uh, favorites, and I'm going to give you three. Okay. Bethany Frankel. Oh, yes, she's funny. Because she's just, yeah. you know, when I say I listen to Bethy Frankel as a housewife, but yeah. <laughs> my most, most favorite one is when she talks about, you know, foods like kale and how it became popular, the yeah. right? The thing. Um, the other ones, all, any of Brene Brown's. Yes. Uh, and then I also listen to Glennon Doyle's Glennon podcast. Doyle yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the problem with me is that I've got... I now have a Kindle, I now have Audible, and I have hard books. So yep. I've got, and I'm listening to all kinds of podcasts, and I have three or four books on the go. Uh, it just really depends on if I'm, yeah, the mood. If I'm walking, I love yes. podcasts and audiobooks. Mm-hmm. Um, so Driving. yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. there's there's lots, there's so many podcasts uh, out there that you can listen to. Great and yeah. little nuggets, you know, Absolutely. 15, 20 minutes like we're trying to accomplish yeah. here. It's all you need. It's all we need. Amazing. Okay. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you for being our guinea pig and recording our first real guest host episode. If you enjoyed today's topic and would like to learn more about some of the resources that Cheryl has shared during this episode, good news. We have a couple upcoming events that we'd love to have you join us at. The first is a screening of uh, the movie um, that Cheryl refers to, the documentary Gratitude Revealed. This is from acclaimed filmmaker Louis Schwartzberg, and it takes us on a transformational cinematic experience of how to live a more meaningful life full of gratitude through his intimate conversations with everyday people, thought leaders, and personalities, revealing that gratitude is a proven pathway back from the disconnection we feel in our lives, disconnections from ourselves, our planet, and each other. We are hosting this here at Child Reach on Thursday, May 4th, 
and we will begin that at 6.30 p.m. and it will go until 8.30 p.m. Registration will be linked in our link tree and can also be found on our website. Again, this is our movie night for Gratitude Revealed, and yes, there will be popcorn. We hope to see you there. Cheryl is also going to explore this topic in more detail for us. Um, this again will be an in-person event and it's called How Gratitude Leads to Connection, Wonder, Awe, and Joy. So really along similar lines to everything we've talked about in this episode. So if this sparked interest in you, if this sparked desire to learn more, then please join us on Tuesday, May 23rd, 6.30 to 8 p.m. here at Childreach. And Cheryl is going to facilitate this session based on the work of Louis Schwartzberg that we've been talking about. This session will explore the building blocks of gratitude and how the principles of wonder, curiosity, and awe can be a pathway back to feeling connected and more joyful in our work and our wellness. This session will allow participants to reflect on ways to embed small practices into every day to increase connection within ourself and the world around us. In turn, appreciating the joy, wonder, and awe that is in our classrooms. So come prepared to engage with images, with videos, with sounds, and each other uh, to experience the effect of reflective practice and gratitude. Again, this is linked on our website and also will be linked in our link tree. So please feel free to register to join us on Tuesday, May 23rd and continue this conversation with Cheryl. Thanks so much for listening. You can connect with us on Instagram at Leading Inspired Learning Pod or on our website at striveswo.ca slash podcast. I would love to have you tell a friend or colleague about this podcast. Thanks again for listening. Please join us next time.